hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hey. Are we on? Hi. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have this bad habit of just talking for... 18 literally ever for 18 hours before we start recording and then by the time we start recording we're like well what else is there to say we were supposed to meet at six yeah it's what 11 30 11 30 happy episode 14 just be lucky that you didn't have to hear everything before now it was all really interesting really interesting some good some bad but mm. all interesting but mostly bad but also interesting <laughs> So we're here for episode 14. Yes, we are. Oh. Yeah? I have a fun thing I found on the internet. Okay. Jokes told by death row inmates right before <gasps> execution. <laughs> oh, it's like you found exactly what I've ever wanted. <gasps> Tell me. I want to know them all. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. George Apple, A-P-P-E-L. Mm-hmm. His quote was, well, gentlemen... You are about to see a baked apple <gasps> before he was electrocuted. That's like the French fries guy. Yes, I think he's actually on here. This guy named Carl Panzram. His his. Well, he's a brooding kind of man. His he's kind of handsome. He is in this day and age, though he would need a beard to be considered handsome. And he needs to get rid of that curly. He cue. needs a, something for the middle part of his head because that hair is gone. Wow. Um, oh, he was a serial killer, rapist, and burglar. Great. Sorry, I take it all. The trifecta. He committed more than a thousand rapes. <gasps> and I just called him handsome. Oh. Um, we jump. both did, and I'm gay. I want to jump off a bridge. That sucks uh, that that worked okay, out for him. Okay, I hate myself. Uh, he was executed by hanging in Kansas mm-hmm. on September 5th, 1930. His final quote was, Yes, hurry it up, you hoot. <laughs> I'm sorry. You hoot? No. Hooligan? Yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. He doesn't look like the type. He looks so brooding, like you said. He definitely has the intimidation factor. Oh, Oh, there's James French. James French. Oh, he is creepy looking. French fries. Look at him. Okay, he goes, how's this for a headline? French fries. Yep. Bam. And then he got electrocuted, right? Bam, he was fried. Okay. Oh, he was... (laughs) 
God. He was sentenced to life in prison for murder. Then he was upgraded, quote unquote, to the electric chair after killing his cellmate. Oh, neat. That's nice. It's like life in jail wasn't enough. Does he not look crazy? No, he looks crazy. So crazy. He looks like he's one of those people who doesn't blink. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. John Eldon Smith. Mm -hmm. He said, well, the Lord is going to get another one. The Lord or Or the opposite of the Lord? Satan. The anti-Lord. Lucifer. Um, okay. Okay. Let's all do the (laughs) sign of the cross. Stay out of my apartment. Okay. Jimmy Glass said, yeah, I think I'd rather be fishing. I think we all would if we were in your situation. Yeah. You should have thought about that before you executed a couple during a burglary. Aw. What would you say if you had last words? You know, like you said at one point uh, during one of these episodes, if you had like 10 years, you could Mm -hmm. come up with something good. Right. I feel like on the spot. That's true. It's a lot of pressure, but I feel like I'd probably say something. It would definitely be a pun. Mm -hmm. French fries is already taken. Right. I don't know. I guess it it does matter. If you have 10 years to think about it. Listen, give me a week. Next episode, I'll have my last words for you. All right. What are yours or do you want to wait too? Sorry, Mom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but I'm also dying. It's not like any part of it's happy. I, mean, I, I don't know. Oh, this... I wouldn't, if, it, if we needed something creative, it would take me a while. But I think my first thought would just be like, I'm sorry. I feel like I would spend my final years just coming up with something creative to be like, at least I'll go out with like a funny joke. Yeah. Here, yeah. uh, let's see. We got Gary Burris. Um, his final words were beam me up which Ooh. was the star trek quote like beam me up Scotty. i feel like if my executioner's name was scott i would say beam me up scotty <laughs> you know then that would have to be like a quick like yeah i'd have to name? know him but also aren't they hooded so you don't know who they are i don't think anymore this is fucked up i think in the middle ages maybe okay <laughs> vincent gutierrez who also looks crazed as fuck. That guy is for sure a killer. Holy... If I saw him on the street, I would cross the street. That photo is going to haunt my (laughs) nightmares. He doesn't have... His pupils are so dilated. Oh, my God. He said, where's my stunt double when you need one? Ah, well, that's creative. That's creative. But he's also crazy. Patrick Brian Knight said... Oh, boy. Patrick's a little dramatic. He said... Death has set me free. Oh, Lord. That's the biggest joke. I deserve this. And the other joke is that I'm not Patrick Brian Knight. And y'all can't stop this execution now. <laughs> what? Where, where do we laugh? Wait, what is he talking about? <laughs> Jeffrey David Matthews, with a mullet, says, I think that the governor's phone is broke. He hadn't called yet. I don't... Oh, well, usually you... Your last chance, if you're on death row, is until, like, until you are, like, time to be executed, you still have a chance of the governor pardoning you. Oh. I think that the governor's phone is broke. He hadn't called me yet. Oh, dear. Yeah. Like, you still have... That's your last chance, if the governor calls. And there's only been, like, a few people... But a lot of people wait on that hope that maybe he'll call and pardon I feel like me. if I was governor, I would just pardon everyone. Because I don't want to be responsible for not saving people's lives. Unless you're a horrible fucking person. You know what's really sad? I just saw some... I don't know if it was a new article or... It was on Twitter somewhere. But a guy in Arkansas... Um, he was... It was something like... He was probably innocent. And all it would have taken was like an $80 DNA test to prove no. that he wasn't. Makes me so mad. And they executed him anyway. Even though there's a million fucking crooks out there who are still out, despite the fact that de- DNA, like, points them into jail and they're still out there. But then this guy was on death row for, like, 10 years, like, 20 years, like, something ridiculous. Or 24 years. And the whole time he was like, I'm innocent, please give me a DNA test. I'm innocent, please give me a DNA test. And they wouldn't give him one and they fucking killed him. I hope in his next life he's a fucking prince who... Gets I, I hope he's the warden of that jail and fucking kills every single person that didn't listen to him. I, that makes, let's it's talk literally, about. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Let's change the prison system. Oh, right. Remember last time we were going to create our own Bible? <laughs> we have a lot of goals. Uh, the only one we can scratch off is a podcast. 
All right, it's a start. Next up, our own Bible. And then we'll take over the prison system. Yes, we will. Well, we won't execute people, but we will have them give us their final words. Yeah, or we'll at least buy them an $80 fucking DNA test. Okay. All right. That's a good, that's a good idea. Okay. I have facts. Yes, please do. Milkshakes were a popular food for the extras dressed in ape costumes during the filming of the Planet of the Apes movie (laughs) because their masks didn't allow them to eat a regular meal. So they could just put a straw in the mouth of the mask and that's how they eat during filming, which sucks though, because if you're on like, not to be that person in the industry talking politics or technicalities but but if you're if you're on like a giant union show and you have a union craft services bringing like delicious food and you just get like fucking mediocre milkshakes all day i would be pissed oh yeah okay the wine fact is the scent of a young wine is referred to as an aroma whereas the scent of an old wine is called a bouquet Oh, my. Or bouquet, depending on who the fuck you talk to. I'm going to tell you a secret. What? You've told this fact before. No, I haven't. Yeah, because you said you went on a date and someone said bouquet. Well, you know what? Sometimes you need a fucking refresher. All right? (laughs) I remember because I was in the hospital editing it, and I kept going back and hearing bouquet, 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 bouquet. (laughs) I I bet that drove you fucking crazy. I almost asked the nurse how she pronounced it, and then I was like, Let's not Do you want me to find another it. one real quick? No, no, it's fine. No, it's too late. Now I feel insecure. Oh, man. Okay, here's my, here's my wine fact. Um, the, so a normal wine bottle, the bottom part that's indented uh-huh. is called a punt. Oh. And it's actually meant so um, that it doesn't, so the bottle won't topple over. Because if it was flat, I, <laughs> that sound was me putting a wine bottle on the ground Uh but if you like if it was flat and didn't have that indent then it would be more top heavy apparently but to put a indent in the center of it almost gives it like a core or a center of gravity also um before the bottles were machine made they were mouth blown and so the punt was where the glass blower's tube was attached oh shit so that helped hand-blown bottles from toppling over, but it also was like a historical thing. Can you imagine having to hand-blow fucking every wine bottle? No wonder wine was in barrels back then. They are like, totally. fuck this. Anyway, there's your fun fact. Interesting. I feel like every time I tell you fun facts, I end it with, anyway, there's your fun fact. And I go, interesting. <laughs> Glad I learned something today. Are you drinking for any reason? Or what are you drinking? I'm eating your frap. I know, that's... With the spoon. It's mine. Mm. I'm an only child, so what you did is not good. Mm-mm. But you also edit the podcast, so I have to be nice to you. So I mean, you keep me in a good light. I let it sit on the table for like 45 minutes, and then I was like, well, I'm going to have a bite. <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm eating a frap. Em's eating a frap, and so am I. And what are you drinking? Today I'm drinking um, a box of wine. Is it Cab? It is Shiraz. Okay. Um, ghosts, ghosts, ghosts. Yes. Tell me about ghosts. I have a hotel story this time. Ooh. Um, I felt like the last couple ones I did before Bobby Mackey's was, like, items. So I'm trying to balance it out again with places. Okay. So I've got a hotel for you in Flagstaff, Arizona. I've been there. Alrighty. On a road trip. Ooh. Well, funny, because this is located on Route 66. That is exactly why I was there. Did you stay in the Hotel Monte Vista? No, I probably stayed at a Motel 8, but... (laughs) (laughs) Very different types of people at either place. I'm Um, sure it was close. So that's the place I'm talking about, the Hotel Monte V, which is something that they actually say. I don't think so, but... No, they do. It's a fact already written in my notes. (laughs) Uh, Hotel Monte V, not only is it on the national registry of historic places but it's also been refinished to look like it did originally in 1927 so this is a a shorter story it's not as detailed but it's still worth mentioning and there's a specific ghost i think you'll get a kick out of oh boy okay so in 1924 three days three years before it opened um they began building this hotel and it's actually one of the only hotels in the country that's built entirely from public taxes Which the town got away with because they realized that the area didn't have a lot of tourism, and it's because they had no lodging for the tourists. 
And so they decided it was worth putting all, all of our taxes in because they'd make the money back if tourists stayed and spent their money there. Oh, interesting. Uh, it became a very, like, regular area to meet up, whether you were a tourist or a local. Everyone went there because of, like, of how useful it was to the town. To a point where they came up with a catchphrase called, Meet me at the Monty V. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh... It became the town's catchphrase, and not only was it used for tourists, but locals who would go there. <clears throat> the first thing that really, like, was booming in this hotel was that one of the rooms got rented out as business space, and it was housed by the local daily three-hour radio show. Uh, and it w the space was rented out in what is now Room 105. Fun thing about this radio show was it was the first radio show to be hosted by a, a woman... Hey! And her name was... Hang on. Fuck, I didn't write her first name down, but her last name was Costigan. Um, I think it was Maria, but it starts with an M. M. Costigan. And she was the first woman in the country um, that was granted a broadcasting license. Good for her. And look at us broadcasting and shit. Hey! She thanks, Maria. She started it. Uh, so the hotel opened during the Prohibition era, so not only was it known for its radio show... But the hotel's lounge also became a speakeasy rather quickly, which uh, garnered a lot of money from tourists and locals alike because they wanted the drink, as I'm sure you have been able to sympathize with at some point. Oh, always. Um, two years later, it was found out and shut down, but reopened its bar as soon as the prohibition ended, which I think was like two years later. Right. Between 1935 and 1940, the hotel also offered slot machines and some gambling tables, which were the only casino games in town. So they have the main radio show, which was also a big feminist thing because a woman sure. was running it. They have uh, a speakeasy, so there's the only alcohol in town, and it's the only... It's minimal, but they have casino games where you can't gamble anywhere else, so... They really did make their money back Damn. At, out of those tax dollars. So I would have hung out there, no Every, problem. I would have. That would have been our place, not House of Pies. <laughs> I don't think House of Pies realizes how much action they're getting in the podcast world. So much action. Someone needs to go tell them. Wow. And then sponsor us. Oh my God, can you? I, I, I would, would say nothing but nice things about House of Pies. I would, I would have you re-edit these episodes where I said anything bad about House of Pies. I would just keel over and die. Okay, so... Basically, this hotel is the House of Pies of, you know, the 1940s. Brilliant. So, during the 40s and the 50s, another huge tourist movement happened because that was during the time where Western movies became a really big thing uh. in America, and they happened to be filmed out in Arizona, near places like Sedona mm. and other areas near Flagstaff. So that meant that not only was it now, like, a film-heavy area, like an L.A. of sorts... But it was also, like, if you're out there filming these Western movies and they needed somewhere to stay and trailers weren't a thing yet, they this hotel housed the celebrities. Oh. So this is where all the celebrities stayed when they were acting in those films. That's interesting. Which meant that um, the cast and crew was staying for sometimes months at a time. And it housed celebrities like Jane Russell, Gary Cooper, Spencer Tracy, John Wayne, Bing Crosby. Basically a lot of people Jeez. that nobody knows anymore. But we know that at one point they were famous. Bing Crosby. Yeah, we know Bing Crosby. We know John Wayne. I don't know a couple of the other ones, which is kind of a slap in the face after being some of the first A-listers. Whoops. And then uh, Harry Truman also stayed there. Oh. Uh, fun fact, in one of the rooms of the hotel, a scene from Casablanca was also filmed. Oh, wow. And while they're in the late 1950s, John Wayne was staying while he was filming a movie. And one of the first, he was also one of the first guests to report having seen a ghost. Oh boy. He reported that the ghost was in his room twice during his stay, but was friendly both times. <laughs> oh, okay. So good. maybe he was a fan. In the <laughs> 70s, uh, the first like real ghost to show up, there was three men who robbed a nearby bank. And back then, you could just rob a bank and then go across the street and no one would know what you right. fucking did. <laughs> so they went to the hotel to go to their speakeasy lounge and, like, celebrate that they stole all this money. The good old days. So, anyway, they went to the lounge to have a drink to celebrate for what they did across the street. <laughs> and uh, during their robbery, 
one of the guys got shot in the arm or somewhere where it wasn't, it didn't look like it was an immediate emergency. Oh, nice. Except it was one and they didn't know. So before he even finished his drink, he fell over in the lounge and died. Okay. Um, today, staff and guests feel like this dead bandit is one of the many ghosts that haunt the building, mainly the lounge. And a lot of managers that work there and have to like open up early have reported hearing a man's voice say hello or good morning to them when they open the bar each day. No. Uh, at least he's saying hello. Every, uh, the one thing about this, like, you know how I always want you to have lighthearted murder stories? Yes. This is a lighthearted ghost story because nothing seems to be super vindictive. There's just a, there's a lot of ghosts packed into one place. Right. But they all seem to, like, get the hint of, like, let's be nice. But, like, can you imagine if you were alone and something spoke to you? Well, we'll get to that. You know? Yeah. Like, so, I'd rather see something in the distance out of the corner of my eye than, like, have it be like, right, right, right. hello. <laughs> hello. Especially when you're by yourself. Exactly. Uh, so, like, can you imagine, like, I already don't want to fucking be awake at four or five in the morning to yes. open this place up, and now a ghost is going to talk to me. Thank you. That's exactly my point. Uh, others have told stories of feeling a ghostly presence in the lounge. Some say it's the gunman, but other people say it might be other people who got shot on the land. Um, when it was like more of a Western cowboy culture. Um, and also it was noteworthy enough for someone else to write it. So I put it down, but could also be people who died during drunken brawls. I don't know how many people are just dying in <laughs> drunken brawls. I feel like back then people just killed each other and it was not a big deal. Yeah. They just Michael Malloyed themselves or whatever. <laughs> it's like, I'm drunk. I don't like your face. I'm going to kill you. Here, eat the sardine sandwich full of glass. Right. <laughs> well, I feel like when you were like, when you were a cowboy, you know. Right, uh, yes. Back in You my really day. could just, like, shoot anyone. Like, no one was really stopping you. Oh, people don't give a shit. It's just amazing that, like, you could just, like, just bang. It's and then not a big deal. just ride off on your horse into the sunset. You know, I had a uh, past lives reading one time. You did? I did. And they told me I was a cowboy in 1846. I am not surprised. I feel like I could have been a cowboy. I totally see that. Yeah? I want to do one of those so badly. It was a, oh, past life regression is the phrase. Yeah, I want to do a past life regression. When we were, it was from when we were driving out to LA. Yeah. And my mom was With like, your let's, mom? yeah. And she was like, let's do something fun in every place. And so, ooh, this is, maybe I was the gunman. Cause here's the thing. Oh boy. Okay. Cause we went, we got the past life regression in Sedona where like you do all the spiritual tours and the vortex tours and all that stuff. Oh my. And they were like, you used to live out here in 1846 and you were a cowboy. Do they say that to everybody? No. My mom got her past life regression done. It did not say she was a cowboy. What did they say about Linda? I don't remember. Some, I don't know. But I imagine she was like, like a badass, like, like a mayor. Like, like something, a cop or a mayor. Like I can a, see her like a sheriff or a mayor or Like something. something that involves a lot of leadership and like. Yeah. Being like. Like kicking ass. Like a bad bitch when she needed to be. Yeah. I, my mom. I also see her being like a total criminal in a past life. Like, just something savvy, sure. and, like, if she could get away with it, she might. She was the bank robber, and you were, like, the cowboy. Aww. How Maybe cute. we robbed the bank together. That's adorbs. My mom is convinced that she was in the, um, in Death Valley, like, back when when they were migrating west. Yeah. So I, All right. I don't know. One of my, um, another past life I had, apparently, I was, like, uh, I was a girl who had just fallen in love with... I hadn't just fallen in love with them, but, like, ended up marrying, like, a boy at, like, 16. Back when the, it was, like, a time where you got married and had kids super young. Were you straight in this life? I guess so. Oh, you can change orientation, I guess. I, I guess spirits are fluid. Interesting. Maybe maybe always, but I don't, I don't believe that right away. Because I certainly am not. In my past life, but- I was pretty straight, apparently, because... Her, what she remembers is I died during childbirth, and it was not my first child. Oh, So thing. I must have had sex a couple times with a guy. It was yeah. frightening. That's a horrible thought. Oh, wow. That's a nightmare. I'm sorry for you. Sorry to men in general for that comment, but whatever. Your penises are really scary. <laughs> no, but my, I know, like, this is so, I, like, know, I know, no, no, that, the, it was, I don't know how past lives work, but I know that, like, it was either the best time of my life or the first life where I met, like, the love of my life that, like, I'm supposed to find in every life. Or it was the most meaningful, like, that, like, really formed my, like, soul's character. Or 
maybe I had the most lives in this time. I don't know how it works, but I know m stronger than anything in my life that the colonial period is like my time. I don't know if I just died a lot and kept being alive in that time or like if like I don't know what happened. I don't know what monumental thing happened, but it's always stayed with me. Yeah, maybe something formative happened that... Like, anytime I go to, like, a colonial tour, like, I mean, I grew up in Virginia, so, like, if I ever went to Williamsburg, and there's a big part of Williamsburg that still looks exactly like it did in the colonial period, and all the employees still dress the same. Like, there's... It's just, like, this weird draw. Like, if I could, like, just live in that little town, like, never leave, and just, like, live in colonial times... I would, t I would totally rock it. That's amazing. That's me with Egypt. I'm, I'm a th That's so weird to me. trillion percent convinced that, like, when I see things, um, when I go to, like, uh, exhibits, like, museum exhibits, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, this is That's, like, colonial thing. times with me. Right. Like, I, and I feel like it's just, like, this weird hunch where, like, they could show, like, a random old-time like object and I don't even need the explanation I'm like oh yeah well that happened with oh, this I, this and this I turned like, butter with that <laughs> like oh yeah like I remember so I used to work in Yorktown um Virginia that was like <laughs> where I had most of my jobs in college right and if you took this little trolley it took you like to different colonial exhibits and it was like it rocked my fucking world like I would go back every single day and never get bored and like, they had, like, these houses that were still entirely built, like, these, like, whole exhibits where you could basically... It wasn't like you just walked past and could look in. Like, they were interactive where you could go in the log cabin and you could see what the bed looked like and what was in the attic and what, like, how they cooked. And, like, there was a table that was set. And then when you would leave the house, there was, like, these... Um, they had every outdoor station where if you... Like, what they had to do every day, like, how they got their water, how they made their butter, how they, like, made fire... Um, how to plant so and it was cool. all interactive you had to do all of them to learn and then they took you to like the blacksmith shop and then like the wood shop and like it literally literally I could live there if someone trapped me in that little section in Yorktown Virginia I would be so happy and never try to escape it's not fascinating because like I would rather kill myself literally I have no interest in Egypt and if someone said yes. let's go I would be like no but like my whole thing is like I want to live in like the desert sand and like when i see all those things about like oh this is their rituals i'm like yes yes it makes sense i no, get it <laughs> i don't care i literally Isn't so that don't weird? care also i have like no interest in anything outside of america except for canada i don't know oh. I've, I've been telling my mother since i was like three years old i was like i'm going to canada like what? i just said it so <laughs> confidently i was like i'm going like i'm gonna be there and that's just where i'm gonna end up and like I, who, who knew Trump would become president? Uh, bye. <laughs> See ya. But like I, I've always told her. And when I was twelve, I had this like weird obsession with Nova Scotia. What? I've literally <laughs> never stepped foot in Canada, by the way. And I've just always been like, I'm gonna go here and here. And since like middle school, I've known the whole process to become a citizen there. Like I'm just like obsessed with Canada. Like I just, I, didn't I just want to know that about you. I just want to. Like, if there's, like, a colonial neighborhood in Canada, I just want to fucking go there and never come back. We have Canadian listeners, so... If Find you know. the colonial areas where the pilgrims were in Canada. <laughs> oh, Lord, um. If ever a pilgrim were to set foot in Canada, I want to go there. I want to go right there. Okay. And then I never want to leave. Bye. See ya. We'll just, like, long distance this podcast. Okay. I'll be in Egypt and you'll be in Canada. I will literally never visit you in Egypt. Like, no offense to Egypt. I just have no... Literally never visit you in Canada. So, <laughs> fine. Good. Um, okay. Let's get back to the ghost story. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> also, should I get my burger? Yes. Okay. All right, so I got my burger, guys. <sighs> Em got her burger. I ate the whole thing. Okay, so another thing. Let's just dive right back into this because we've it. been tangent after tangent totally some of the other reports in this hotel have been spirits who make noise move furniture make sudden appearances ring the lobby telephone and knock things down um they ring the lobby telephones like like teenage pranksters yeah like <laughs> is Tamara home oh no oh there was a ghost in here that reminds me of Tamara, and i'm already fucking over mm, it nope so 
There's also reports of hearing band music coming from the second floor when nobody's up there, which is something I've experienced in other haunted hotels, and it's fucking creepy. Um, The staff is so used to it that it's laughable to them now. Like, at this point, they're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, the jazz musicians are (laughs) So, room 210 is called the Zane Gray Room. I'm not sure why. I think Zane Gray might have been like an like a celebrity at the time who stayed there because they have a couple rooms named after the celebrities who used to stay in those rooms. Okay. I don't know who Zane Gray is, but there's a room named after him, and it's two ten. Uh, many guests have been woken up by the Tamra Ghost. What? Who? Uh, it's a bellboy, an old fashioned like red clothes with brass buttons on it, and he knocks on the door. And no. He knocks on the door and tells them on the outside of the room that room service has arrived oh god and so some people will like say i didn't order anything like this is like middle of the night so some people will shout back and be like i didn't order anything and classic tamra this guy the bellboy ghost will be like are you sure nope or people have gone up to the door to like open the door and see who's talking to them or will like look out the people yes and no one's there but the the hall that this door is on is way too long and narrow with no doors for anyone to have like just fled. Nope. So like, it's like, there's no way there would have been anyone there. Wait, there was, so do they see them? Does no. See the guy? How do they know it has brass buttons? Because there was one time where 210 and the room across the, across the hall both heard a knock. Yeah. But room 10 where you, where the bellboy was talking to and saying like, you have room service. Yeah. The guy, that was in the other room across the hall. Um, didn't hear a guy, but looked at the people and saw a bellboy in red clothing knocking on the door. Uh. And so he went to open the door to be like, who is that? Like, the uh, the guy whose door was being knocked on opened the door and didn't see anything. And the guy across the hall who was looking through the people and saw the bellboy opened the door and was like, there was a guy in a red bellboy suit right there. Oh my God, that's so creepy. Yeah. I'm, I have chills, too. I was about to say, I don't know why, but I have chills from that. Uh, okay, so there's also a woman who wanders the halls outside of the same room. But again, it's such a narrow hallway that she couldn't just leave. Fabulous. Um, supposedly, the hotel avoids putting guests with pets in this room because dogs go crazy and they, like, tear up the room out of oh, fear. great. Like, just tear it to crap. That's so sad. So room 20 is equally as haunted as 210, apparently. Um, in the early 1980s, a long, oh, this is the guy that you'll get a kick out of. Oh, good. In the early 18, in the early 1980s, there was a long-term guest who stayed in room 220 and he had this weird habit and no one can, I don't have an explanation before you ask why, but he was known, uh, to hang raw meat from the chandelier. Nope. (laughs) I don't know why, but he was there for several, several months. Cocaine. (laughs) Drugs. And... For some reason, they, like, anytime the cleaning staff went in there, there was just raw meat hanging from all the chandeliers. That's drugs. <laughs> That's drugs. What? No. There was also, uh, any, so anytime into 20, a maintenance worker has gone in there, or like, he also, the guy died in there. I don't know how. But Are yeah. you kidding me? So they walked in. And also, was... get this, after, after um, he died in there, they couldn't, they didn't know that he had died for a while because they thought, like... The smell of death coming out of there was the raw meat. They're like, oh, don't mind that. It's That's just, just the raw meat guy. It's just the steaks he hung from the ceiling. Yeah. And so uh, now when people uh, go into 220, like a maintenance worker went in there um, to turn off the lights and... Or he turned off the lights behind him when he was leaving. And when he went back to get something, the lights were on, the bed was messed up, and the TV was blasting at full volume. Fabulous. Um there's a room called the Gary Cooper room where two sex workers were murdered by being thrown out of the window. Oh. And in this room, many guests will feel like they're being stared at while they sleep. Oh. And more times than not, the male guests will feel like something is sitting on top of them and trying to suffocate them while they're sleeping and they have a hard time breathing. As if, like, something's trying to retaliate. That's so sad. Um, let me see. Uh, in another s- situation... Or in another uh, report, two women have regularly been sighted in the pool hall and the lounge, but disappear when you turn around to, like, double take. In room 305, many see a woman rocking in the rocking chair in the room and humming. 
I don't like that. I don't like it either because she only does it in the middle of the night when you're sleeping. Why? Some other people, including uh, cleaning staff, have tried to move the chair thinking maybe there's a draft or there was like a, like the floor was slanted. And by the time you wake up or like you close your eyes and just open them again, it's moved to the same same spot it was in. Some people will also just see uh, the chair rocking on its own without a person in it. And sometimes that comes with the humming. So you'll see, you'll hear oh. humping and it. You'll hear humming in it with an empty Listen, chair. Listen, if I went to a hotel room and there was even a rocking chair in it, I would be like, <laughs> please remove this from my room. Yeah, if I was ever staying like at a, in an old farmhouse or something, if I saw a rocking chair, I'd be like, either we're getting a brand new one that has no history except being sent here. Yep. Or we're just not going to have a rocking chair. Not into the rocking chair. Uh, people have been greeted by the same voice saying good morning, but in their rooms. Oh, oh God. And have seen in the lounge reports of bar stools and drinks that move on their own. So they'll either slide down the bar or they'll switch places or you'll <laughs> like put your drink down and then look away and grab it again. It's a different drink. Oh, my God. Uh, like a really cool bartender magician. And people have um, also said that they see a little boy wandering the halls. And some of them, especially mothers, feel like their hand is being held in the elevators. Oh, um also kids will see him in the elevator and in the lobby oh um tvs and phones in the rooms will go off on their own and room 220 where uh the meat guy was people will feel cold male hands like touch their back while they're sleeping nope and he was a, a male guy so his male hands probably got involved absolutely not that. um <laughs> he was a male guy he was a male guy and with his male hands <laughs> Um, okay, in the basement where the laundry machines are, cleaning staff will hear a baby crying, which turns into a deep man's laughter. <gasps> oh, That's God. pretty horrifying. I'd be like, and my duties do not include laundry. And I am quitting. <laughs> Many have reported an old-fashioned dressed couple dancing in the lounge. And there's a shadow person that will stand behind the employees when they aren't looking uh, and can be found in the basement as well. Okay. Uh, but he's basically seen behind the bar behind employees when they're not looking and witnesses say that he has a very menacing presence that like is telling you to get away from him so other people will see him behind behind someone yeah mm. and i guess they say mainly employees because it's like the bar and that's where the employees are right right but someone will see a dark shadow figure behind someone and feel really intimidated and fearful and scared of them yeah i don't like that and then when the other person turns around it's not behind them good good um Many staff members and guests have met a very polite elevator attendant, even though the elevator is now self-service. Fabulous. Um, He'll show up in the mirror of the elevator, so you turn around and he's gone. Or you can see a phantom hand move across the elevator as if he's closing the elevator gate that used to be there. Oh my god. And some have even interacted with a full apparition of the elevator attendant. Uh, So far as to some people even saying he asked them, what floor may I take you to? Oh my god. Which, by the way, if I were to, like, meet a ghost, like, that's the one. That is the one ghost like, I would Like, all he wants to, to do is help you. He's like, what floor can I take you to? And he I'm like, 69. Like... <laughs> oh, you're the worst. That would make him go back, like... He'd be like, I'm going back to where I came from. My work here is done. <laughs> what if he got up there and was like, I've been waiting for that answer this whole time, and then he just dissipates into a bright light. And he wouldn't. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> uh, new... Light bulbs will unscrew themselves in front of you, or you will leave the room, and after having screwed them in, they'll be completely removed and sitting perfectly upright on a table. Oh, 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 okay. For cleaning staff to find, which makes me think that's a fucking poltergeist. Well, that's, that's like absolutely. furniture being stacked up or upside down or right, cabinets that, being like, open. Perfectly organized yeah. shit. Yeah, and like, I'm at, it's hard to balance a light bulb. Yeah. It's literally balanced up right on the table. Uh, also, you can smell a distinct meat and sausage-like smell. That's um, disgusting. And as the if you try to follow the smell, it will lead to 220. That's disgusting. Um, a door in the hall opened on its own, and a dark shadow figure literally glided down the hall. Okay. And this guy saw it and tried to record it on his phone. And when you look back at it, you can't see the shadow on the phone, but you can hear... Um, as if something was, like, shouting into the microphone, you can hear a man screaming, help. Him? <laughs> like, Why? you can't... There's, like, a full shadow figure that glided out, but you can't see him. All you hear is, like, a man screaming, like, straight into the phone. Help. I don't... know. Anyway, that's it. Jeez, that's it? 
Okay. Like there was really minimal history. It was just all like different accounts of different things since 1927. That's horrifying. So that was called the Monte Vista Hotel Monte Vista. Meet me at the Monte, Monte V. v. <laughs> Meet me at the Monte V, it's man. Catchy. Yeah. That's like when we talk about house of pies and we say, meet me at HOP. Totally. It's the it's same exactly thing. exactly what we're talking about. Modern day house of pies. Yep. Um, all right. Well, modern day Monty V. Yeah. yeah the old way school house of pies. House of pies, old school. Anyway, there is your ghost story. That is creepy. I don't like the part about the, the meat guy and the shadow figure. I really don't like the shadow figure guy. I do like the elevator guy. He seemed chill as fuck. Yeah, he seems like someone I could get down with, but everybody else, uh uh-uh. Right. Except the couple dancing. I'm like, okay, you can hang out. Yeah. Or the little boy holding hands. That's really sweet. Yes. And also sad, but sweet. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I'm going to tell you about this guy named Joseph... Joseph... God, I pick all these Austrian-German people. Yeah, you do this on purpose, I think. But I think also they're all kind of fucked up, so maybe that's why. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about uh, Joseph Fritzl. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? No. Um, is he about to rock my world oh, in the worst kind of way? In the worst, worst Christine kind of has way. been giving me like all of these like warning signs that I'm about to be ruined after I hear this, so... It's one of those things where, like, I read about it and it ruined me, so I need to force it upon other people. <laughs> I'm like, if I have to suffer, you have to suffer. Perfect. <clears throat> All right, Joseph Fritzl. So this dude from Austria. So he grew up in poverty. Uh, his father constantly cheated on his mother and threw him out, of, threw her, his father out of the house when he was only four years old. So she started raising him on her own, but unfortunately, she did not like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she only gave birth to him to prove to her husband that she wasn't infertile. Oh, fuck. Uh, he grew up in the strict Nazi era, uh, and his mother ignored him except for the times that she was beating him. Oh. So that's nice. Yikes. Um, as a teenager, uh, Joseph considered his mother his wife. How did that happen? And he had many sexual fantasies about her. What? So this girl is, like, total neglect and abuse and so you end up sexualizing her Mm -hmm. interesting yeah freud's field day is what this episode will be called (laughs) all you psychologists get on it okay um so he met a woman in 1956 named rosemary and married her Mm -hmm. um rosemary gave birth to their first child in 1957 uh, and at the time, Fritzl would ride around town on his bike, peering into people's windows, but he claimed that he was working late at the steel factory. Hmm. Just a fun fact before we get into the story. Right. Let's just wean me into something disturbing. Yeah, just one thing at a time. <clears throat> uh, so their fourth daughter, Elizabeth, was born on April 6, 1966. Uh, she was the fourth daughter of their seven children. She is painfully shy, was often beaten by her father, and her mother... Rosemary claimed she did not like her. Mm-hmm. On October 6th, uh, Joseph was arrested for raping a woman in her apartment at Knife Point Aww. in Linz, Austria. He served 12 months. Uh, and then he served 12 months of an 18 month sentence. He had also attacked several other local women. Um, but Rosemary forgave him when he was released from prison. Uh, by 1973, he'd established himself as a successful businessman in the area. Uh, he bought a home in the Lakes District of Upper Austria and imprisoned his elderly mother in the attic. Well, un- she probably had it coming. Until she died in 1980. Hmm. Uh, when his daughter Elizabeth was 11, her father began sexually abusing her. Oh. When she was around 15, uh, which was about 1981, um, Fritzl began building a cellar beneath their family home, uh, planning to transform it into a homemade prison. Mm. A homemade prison for his daughter? Yes. Okay. He had... Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. (laughs) I didn't know if you could, like, hear. No, no, I just made sure you're okay. Uh, He had very specific plans, including that the ceiling could only be 1.7 meters or five and a half feet high. Uh, His brother-in-law helped him carry out the building, but he didn't know what Fritzl's plans were. 
So when Elizabeth was 18, uh, her father lured her downstairs into his new prison that he had built by asking her to help carry the door that would end up sealing the dungeon that would lock her in. Uh, He drugged her with ether and chained her to a wall. Fuck. He unlocked her only to rape her. God damn it. Uh, He wrote fake letters to people claiming that Elizabeth had joined a cult, uh, which was actually part of the zeitgeist at the time. So, like, cults were this part of, like, the mass media. There was Jonestown Mm -hmm. and all that, and people were, like, uh, like, in mass hysteria about. The same way, like, Satanism was sort of a mass hysteria. It was the same way with cults. Um, so people thought the story was plausible and he kind of got away with it by saying, oh, she joined this cult. I don't know what to do. Um, Fritzl told Elizabeth, his daughter, that if she touched the cellar door, she'd be electrocuted. Was Uh, it ever even charged? I don't know. That could have just been like a manipulative. I mean, it was locked. Right. But it was one of his ways of keeping her away from it, basically. Um, the cell was four and a half meters squared, which is about 15 by 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, her father visited the dungeon every few days using a remote control, which would open the door. Uh, he would provide her supplies and rape her regularly. Uh, she was raped over 3000 times and violently assaulted. Oh my God. I'm not going to get into the details, but it was not good. Uh, while she was down there. Um, at the same time, like, while this was happening, he was also suspected of the unsolved murder of Martina Posh, who was a 17-year-old girl in town who had been found wrapped in plastic and raped near his house um, in 1986, but he was never convicted of it. Uh, so during her time in the dungeon, Elizabeth gave birth to seven children. <gasps> and was raising them during this time? So, like, they were also witnessing her getting raped whenever he came down. Oh, yeah. So Was th- he raping them? Three, No. Okay. So three of the children, Kirsten, the eldest, Stefan, and Felix, all grew up downstairs in the dungeon. Uh, on April 28th, 1996, Elizabeth gave birth to twin boys, Michael and Alexander. Michael died three days later, and Fritzl cremated his body in the furnace and scattered his ashes throughout the garden. Three of her children, Lisa, Monica, and Alexander, lived seemingly normal lives upstairs. Why? Like, was there a reason he picked them? Nope. Like, he was like, oh, you'll do. Yep. Was it like an Aryan race kind of thing? Or I don't like... think so. I think he just was so crazy. Oh, okay. Like, maybe it skipped a generation. Like, oh, this kid gets to go, like, upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. Maybe. Fucked up. There was no explanation. Uh, he told everyone that Elizabeth was unable to care for her children because she was in a cult and that she had dropped them off at his doorstep in the middle of the night, so he had to raise them. Um, because the family was growing downstairs, Fritzl started to expand the dungeon. He built additional rooms, um, but the air was extremely stale. Uh, the children would get, they were really sick. Yeah. They had like, well, they never experienced sunlight, had they? Never. Malnutrition, vitamin D deficiency. They could barely move. They were listless. Um, the way they described it was that condensation was just dripping from the walls. So there was mold. So they all had fungal infections. Um, there were two bedrooms, uh, which were soundproofed, a bathroom, toilet, and kitchen. And there's photos of it. And it's upsetting. Uh, so the obviously the, the lack of natural light left the children weak, sickly, and pale. Um, the mold that I mentioned. Uh, they also had bad dental problems. The children's only access to the outside world was what they could see on this like old TV they had down there and what their mother told them about the outside world before she had been trapped downstairs at age 18, which reminds me of that movie Room. Right. And the book, I guess. This is like a really fucked up blast from the past. Did you ever see that movie with Brendan Fraser? No. That's a good one. It's it's not this. Oh, (laughs) I was like, God. No, but he's basically like his parents are afraid of him ever leaving. So they like keep him in the house and they just tell him stories about what the world is. Oh, I remember that. But it's like like an 80s like family movie. Like this is the, that's what I'm saying. This is the fucked up version of that. Well, did you see Room? No. Oh, she like has her son and like raises him in this room. Mm -hmm. I've heard, I've never seen it. I've heard about it though. And she like explains the outside world and he doesn't understand what the outside world is because like he's only it's so upsetting but yeah this is like exactly what this was um so rosemary the mother her mother elizabeth's mother right was unaware apparently of of, all these grandkids of the secret family that was downstairs she like literally never went outside and saw a dungeon 
Well, it was like down this secret cellar. All right. Soundproofed. I don't know. I'm going to roll with it because last episode I just could not get behind this fucking foot. But I'm going to, I'm going to. I mean, I don't know. Just take your word for it. Listen, I don't, I don't know. All she said was she didn't know. And I don't know if anyone believes her or not, but clearly she already said she didn't like her own children. And yeah, that's fair. Her husband had raped several people and she knew about it. So it's like, why are you married? This is like my when I'm like, why are you still in that fucking house? Yeah. It's like, why would you stay married yeah. to this guy? Well, part of it ended up being like, she was also a victim in that, like, her husband was Oh, like extremely... Stockholm Syndrome or something? No, but just that, like, her, she was in an extremely abusive relationship herself. Oh, and that her oh husband well, that's was good enough reason. Violently murdering. That wasn't sarcasm. That's And, and raping young women. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'll All explain right. their relationship later. But anyway. Yay. Okay, so apparently Rosemary was unaware of the secret family her husband hid beneath her feet. Um, Kirsten, the oldest daughter, was 19, had never left the basement, Mm -hmm. 19 years old. Uh, She was desperately ill. Uh, She kept uh, lapsing into unconsciousness and suffered from uncontrollable screaming fits. Um, On April 19, 2008, uh, she was taken to the hospital by ambulance uh, Fritzel made his daughter Elizabeth write a letter to the hospital begging them to take care of her daughter. The hospital became suspicious when uh, Kirsten arrived but had no medical records, no documentation, um, and she had multiple organ failure and was like induced into a coma because she was so sick. Uh, the doctors actually made an appeal over Austrian TV asking Elizabeth to contact them and contact authorities um, oh my God. Because I needed more information. Uh, Elizabeth watched the story unfold on TV, on her little TV. Aww. Couldn't leave the house. Begged her father to let her go to the hospital to save her daughter. Uh, on April 26th of 2008, Fritzl decided to release his family from underground. Um, so Elizabeth, Stefan, and Felix made their way upstairs. Um, Stefan and Felix, for the first time in their lives, got to Kirsten? leave. She's at the hospital. Oh, right. Okay. I know if they all went together. No. So they brought... Kirsten. To the hospital, and she had no documentation. So they, like... Oh, I get it. Made an appeal to Elizabeth, not knowing she was underground. And so her father let them leave to go to the hospital. I feel like if I was a criminal, though, I'd be like, the perfect reason to not let them go is because of this documentation. It's like... I'm screwed no matter what but if they I don't have no think papers. he's thinking like, oh, I'm a criminal. Right. He's, oh like, yeah. His that's... brain doesn't work like, oh, I'm right. he's not a doing person. something bad. He's like, this is perfectly what you're supposed normal. To do. Right. Um, <laughs> so finally, they all made their way upstairs for the first time ever. Um, Fritzl told Rosemary, his wife, that their daughter had finally returned home, like from oh her God. cult. Uh, and that she had been, okay, at this point she had been missing for 8,516 days, which is 24 years. Fuck that. She had been in the basement our lifetimes. Literally our lifetime. Mm-hmm. 24 years. Um, I had birthed seven children. Jesus. Uh, so, uh, Joseph and Elizabeth got to the hospital. He took her to the hospital to see Kirsten. And they were detained on the hospital grounds. Um, Elizabeth refused to speak about her circumstances until she was promised she would never have to see her father again. Uh, so they made the promise and Fritzl was arrested that night. 300 officers worked on the case and the trial began in March of 2009. Uh, at this point, Fritzl was 73 years old. He pleaded guilty to false imprisonment, incest and rape, but he pleaded not guilty to enslavement and murder by neglect. Okay. Which is like you built right, great. an underground cellar and locked your daughter away for 24 years. And your years grandchildren and your also other children. And told them they'd be electrocuted if they tried to leave. But, <laughs> it, but it's not enslavement. But he admitted to incest and rape. Yeah, like why would you admit to obviously one but not exactly. just as obviously the other? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Elizabeth testified to the whole thing. Via an 11-hour pre-recorded video. Good for her, though. I know. Presented to the court. Uh, Joseph Fritzl sat in the courtroom. He listened to the whole testimony. Uh, Elizabeth actually dressed in a wig to watch the proceedings. Um, Her father saw her and began to weep. 
after he oh my god cry me a fucking river literally after he watched her 11 hour testimony he changed his plea to guilty on all charges well finally something moved him wow good for you guy um the case was especially difficult for jurors uh they had extra jurors kept on standby in case any of the jurors had to like step away and weren't able to continue so fritzel must serve 15 years before he is eligible for parole in 2024 okay that's nice 15 years yeah your kids were only down there for fucking 20 he raped his daughter for 24 years and kept her imprisoned I feel like if you're going to enslave and rape someone for 25 years, maybe you should at least be in jail for 25 years. Amen. Maybe at least. A fucking man. At least in jail you get books and computers and food. Yeah. Fuck you. So anyway, he's eligible for parole in 2024. He'll be 89 years old. Um, Elizabeth and her children spent many months in a secure psychiatric ward while they tried to recover. She attempted to reestablish a relationship with her mother, but her anger would boil over every time she questioned her as to why she never tried to... Yeah, I wouldn't even try to have a conversation. Help? I'd be like, I wouldn't even know what to say. I'd be like, fuck you. I mean, how do you even go back to that? Uh, she ended up throwing her mother out of their villa on the psychiatric hospital grounds. Um, the captives took on new names. Uh, they were moved to a secure location. Security personnel and CCTV guard her home, and local villagers will call the police if they see sightseers, like, lurking or trying to get a glimpse of them, which is kind of great. So, like, their neighbors will, like, right. look out for them. Um, the upstairs and downstairs families, so she had the children upstairs and then her children downstairs, uh, were reunited. They've all undergone psychological therapy. As they should. I'm sure they needed. Um, and schooling, because they'd never been to school. I mean, oh my gosh. The oldest daughter was 19 and never right. left the basement. Um, they were lucky that they could speak. Yeah. Uh, she says one of them had like disabil- some sort of disability okay. because he... Maybe because he was, was like malnourished and there yeah. was... I guarantee you he wasn't given prenatal vitamins. Right. <laughs> well, you that's know? the least of his worries, I think. The least. Uh, yeah, he had, like, motor functioning skills or uh, issues with motor skills. Mm-hmm. Um, she now says that she understands that her mother was also a victim, and they have mended their relationship. Um, her mother lives in a small flat in Linz in Austria, selling homemade bags to supplement her pension, and she visits her family every week. Uh, after their release, Elizabeth showered several times a day. She be- became compulsive about cleaning. I don't blame her. Yeah, the children uh, would become, like, extremely distressed about closed doors. So I don't blame them either. Either had to keep all the doors open or remove them from their hinges. Um, they have a full-time caretaker who takes care of them, and, like, a lot of times panic will, like, overwhelm them. And so the caretaker is there, like, to help them. Like, coax them. in those, to, like, relaxing. and Yeah, those kind of things and take care of them if they're, like, catatonic. Um Elizabeth has worked toward getting her driver's license and enjoys shopping. Um, her father wrote her a series of letters requesting money. Are you fucking kidding me? So he could study law to defend himself in court. Oh my god. Oh wow wow. She no That's lo- just the most infuriating thing I've ever heard. She no longer accepts his communications. Did she write a note back being like, fuck you? No, she just refused to. She cut him off. He has to be... I mean, he also has severe dementia, but, uh, he divorced Rosemary in 2012 because she never visited him in prison. This guy's the most manipulative fucking bastard in the entire world. So that's that. I, that's it. That's it. So now they live in Austria. Is he dead? Is he dead in fucking prison? Nope. He gets out on parole in 2024. So in like fucking seven years. Yep. (laughs) Christine, your toothy grin. <laughs> it's really great. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. Oh. So that's fun. That's I mean it's not the same but it's the him asking for money from the person he did that to to be a lawyer to defend himself is very much like is those that... people who can like like when rapists can sue their victims 
Totally. For, like, paternity if they got the girl pregnant. Totally. It's like, why won't you let me see my kid? It's like, you fucking raped me. Those SVU episodes. Or no, like, it's the, um, they can sue the, their victim if she tries to get an abortion. It may, yes. It's like, it's like, well, oh, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to carry this fucking thing? And then there's actually legal precedents that allow them to make that. Oh, argument. yeah, no, the, the law, like, the law in certain places, they have the total right to. It, uh, it's 2017 how the fuck is any of that okay no it's not i this is why we drink this is the exact reason why we made this podcast yep slash why we drink we need everyone else to understand how miserable the world is every person who thinks either of those situations is okay needs to fucking go away forever and by go away, we mean die a violent death. Yes. Uh, okay, let's read Gio's horoscope. Thank God. It better be good, because if I find out Gio's going to have a bad week, I'm <laughs> like, no one wins. Here we go. Scorpio horoscope. Ready? Gio, listen up. Listen, Gio. Elegance personified. <gasps> Gio! You are loaded with compliments today. You're so handsome. Em literally called him handsome 85 times in a row. He's the cutest boy in the whole wide world. That's this you. may encourage you to do better work and have good equations with people. You're so mathematical. However, make sure your success does not go to your head and affect your work. Be humble. Watch your words while communicating. Listen. That's real because this success Literally. is going to go to his fucking head. That's true. He doesn't even know the fame he has. He needs to get it together. Gio! <sighs> Was that it? That was a whole first Watch your words. Watch your words. Loose lips sink ships. That's right, Gio. Talk shit, get hit. Except, but hit with kisses because you're so cute. See, compliments loaded with compliments. I think what the horoscope is saying is you finally met M and your life will never be the same because all you'll get is love. And don't let M's compliments go to your head. But they're all accurate. He is so handsome. He's such a good boy. He's such a good pup. He's such a good boy. <laughs> oh, hey, baby boy. You're so handsome. Today I made a Snapchat of me showing up at Christine's and uh, Gio seeing me for the first time, and he lost his mind, and as did <laughs> oh, I. so happy. He was yanking on the leash to get to me, and Christine's little body was, like, flinging in the wind. I was, like, <laughs> flying behind him like a kite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then we reunited. He was a happy bear. Anyway, <laughs> I like this new ending where we can be like, hey, that was funny. Yeah, finally we have something. We, yeah. we him and I hugged today Ugh. and we had a whole snuggle session. He just sat there and just accepted all of my ridiculous behavior. He has yet to vomit from the fries, but it will happen. I gave him a whole bucket of fries. My boyfriend comes home at 4 a.m. and I guarantee you he's going to come home to a pile of vomit on the floor. <laughs> After a 10-hour shift in the emergency room. <laughs> oh, what a good life he's chosen Blaise for himself. loves our podcast. He is actually creepily supportive about like, it. Like, for no reason. Like, I wouldn't he, blame Christine him. Christine does not deserve him. No. If he left me, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you told me, I'd be like, well, yeah, that was expected. Like, well, yeah, we were waiting like, for that. Well, <laughs> none of us thought that would last. We, we all knew he'd get up and leave. <laughs> help okay he probably only stays for geo let's be honest as do i i was gonna say <laughs> that seems to be a running theme in my life and my relationship i think you just got a dog so people wouldn't leave you you're not wrong about that <laughs> in fact you're <laughs> as very the right. wine gets closer to her you're page. very right about that all right well thank you guys for listening uh geo's here to say bye um we had we just finished our last listeners episode. Uh, we have a new one coming out June first now. Yay! And uh, personal shout out uh, when this comes out, I will be a week away from going back home for the first time since Christmas. Yay! So I will be in my hometown, but I'm there for one of my oldest friends getting married to another one of my oldest friends. So I just want to give a shout out to Cece and Ryan before they get married. This is their last week, not hitched. Aw. So by the time this comes out, there'll be a week left before they get married. So. Cece has sent in a cool listener story, and she's also a Patreon supporter. Aww. And we love her very much. And I haven't met her, but I'm sending my love to you guys, even though I don't know you, but I feel like I do. So congratulations. Congratulations. 
And um, yeah, so that's it. We got yeah, we've got a bunch of cool stuff coming out. The merch, I promise, is so close to getting sent out to you guys, and it's gonna be good. It's like, really gonna be good. Patience is a virtue. If you can't donate money, we get just literally. Like, I so get it. If anyone in the world gets it, we get it. Like if you guys are like, I really love you, but I'm poor. I'll be like, wow, we are all so poor. So you're on our social media by now i hope if not it's atww podcast no atwd podcast jesus christ atwd podcast and we're super friendly so if you want to slide into our dms <laughs> by all means do that preferably mine since i've lost a quite a following since christine became the hot one of the group sorry um but yeah, so... Yeah, we have so much fun talking to you guys on social media. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We will talk to you another time. We will, and we'll see you soon, and... And that's why we drink. Oops. Is that not why we drink? And... And... That's... That's why we... <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, that's why, why we, we drink. drink. <laughs> Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.